Hi everyone, I'm your host, Sam Evans, and welcome to Lifestyle Redesigned, the podcast. Every week I interview both entrepreneurs and travelers about their success stories and how they made their dream lives into reality. Whether you're someone who has always wanted to travel but doesn't know where to start, an aspiring entrepreneur looking to build a thriving business, or anyone in between, our guests will share their experiences and insights on how they've succeeded at living what I like to call the unconventional life. So get ready to be inspired as we explore the stories of those who have successfully redesigned their lives. In today's episode, I'd like to introduce Diani Hall, digital nomad and host of While She's Away podcast, a show where women share their unique travel adventures and advice in the hopes to inspire you to get out and see the world. Throughout this episode, we will be talking about the benefits of solo travel, especially in your 20s, lessons learned along the way, how to plan your first trip, stepping out of your comfort zone, and our most asked question as solo female travelers, how to stay safe and navigate unfamiliar places when traveling alone. So with all that said, thank you so much for being on and welcome to the podcast. Hey, girl. Thank you for having me. So excited to be here and chat with you, even though we just spent like 20 minutes before recording oh, yeah. chatting. <laughs> right. Off the record. Off the record. Off the record. But excited also, to chat for everyone else to hear. Right. Right. So preface this episode, me and Diani literally met like a couple weeks ago yeah. and we just like instantly hit it off exactly (laughs) exactly and yeah so that's like the beauty I think of travel and being in this industry and being in a space the second that you relate to someone like they're your friends like you're gonna travel with them you're gonna go places and see things I think it's like the best thing ever it's such a weird space because that never happens in like normal life quote right like (laughs) you don't (laughs) no not in any other space do you meet someone and you're like we're friends now. Do you want right. to come hang out in Mexico? Right. Let's go. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and Literally. it's always like progressive. Like you meet people in school or like after school activities or whatever you're doing as a kid. And like, I think a lot of friendships are long-term and we like emphasize the longevity of those friendships. But some of the closest friends I have right now are people that like I've met recently and you've just connected with right. on such a deep level. And it doesn't necessarily mean like the length of time you've known each other equates to how good of a friendship it is. Right. We relate to each other in a way that not a lot of other people would or do. And so you're able to connect on a different level. And it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And growing up, that's also, as you get older and older, you realize that that should be the priority. You know what I mean? Not necessarily, like you were saying, how long you've known someone. It's like, can I actually talk to you about the real stuff or do I have to fake this? A hundred percent. And they can't always relate because I think we live our lives so differently. Right. And we were just talking about this. It's like we live our lives in a very like abnormal way from what is usually happening in society. And so it sometimes can be hard for those long-term friends to understand what it is that you're doing or why you're doing it or how you're doing it, even though like they're supportive. And I think you mentioned something on support being supportive that like you can repeat and they try to be supportive. And I think most of them like want to be an R, but they don't just necessarily understand it. And that's why you can have those friends for support and for other aspects of your life. But when it comes to being in this space, you're not going to go to them when, you know, you're planning a long-term trip and you're feeling really anxious or like you're trying to create content and you're feeling burnt out and overwhelmed. Like those probably aren't going to be the people that you go to about those things. Yeah, exactly. Which is okay. And it's okay to have friends in all different spaces, but this is just great on like a different level. (laughs) But before we get into all of the questions and everything, I would love for everyone to learn more about you, your story. And what got you to where you are today? Great question. Where do you start? <laughs> I'm like, mm, where do we where do we begin this? So basically, I usually start with this, where I blew up my life, is what I like to say. I was 23 at the time, and I was living with an ex partner for a year, and I had graduate. I was supposed to get my master's in social work from Rutgers University. I'm originally from New Jersey. And so we were living together. Life was fine. And I really wanted to travel. It was like this thing that had been nagging at me all through university, all through high school that I had never gotten to do. I had only been out of the U.S. once when I was in in high school, when I was 14, I believe. We went to Honduras and I did like a missions trip type of thing, which now I know are questionable. But at that point, I was raised super Christian, wasn't aware. Anyway, so we were living together and we had decided that we were going to do a backpacking trip together. 
And so I was saving money and she wasn't at the time because she just couldn't afford to. So when we like revisited the idea several months later, she hadn't saved anything and wasn't able to. And I was kind of like, do I wait for this person or do I decide to just go by myself and figure it out? And I had decided that like, I wasn't going to wait for this person because it's something I've been waiting to do for a while now. And it was really like tugging at me. And I think you understand like any other traveler or someone who wants to travel really understands what it means to feel that pull. And so I was feeling that really strongly. And so then I started looking at ways that I could travel by myself. And I'd, we had originally decided on Central South America, but I was looking at workaways that I could do where you volunteer in exchange for your stay because I wanted to make it super budget friendly. And I found an ashram in India and I was like, okay, that looks super dope. It was all female. It looked like really beautiful energy, like meditating and yoga and all those things. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go there. And then I just looked at a map and I was like, okay, from India, there's Southeast Asia. I could just like hop over to Thailand and Vietnam and Laos. Mm. And it was a very, just on a whim, that's where I was going to go. And I had never solo traveled at that point. Mm. So I was booking a one way to India without a, without having traveled (laughs) (laughs) ever. But basically that led into where I am now, where like almost just about four years later, I have solo traveled like over 20 countries and I've just been like, I've just kept going. And I think it's one of those things where like you start and you're like, oh, this isn't going to just be a three month thing. This is the rest of my life. This is the foreseeable future. Yeah. And so for a long time, I would, I did that trip, saved up money spent it all, had to come back, worked again and did like the back and forth for a little bit. I ended up teaching in Spain for a year, backpacking Europe. And then it sort of gradually led into me starting my own podcast and doing freelance work, which is what I do now as a podcast manager and editor. And going forward, my travels will look different, which is what we touched on, but it'll look more just like me working remotely, being a digital nomad and traveling at the same time. and. I guess that's a summary of how we've gotten here. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And now you're you you said you're off to Mexico for a little bit, so that's very exciting. Yeah, working yeah. and traveling. <laughs> the next adventure is through Central and South America for like kind of an undefined amount of time, and I think this this type of travel now is so different because I'm fully going to be freelancing and working at and traveling at the same time. And I've never, I've done both in little bits and pieces. Like I've had a client here and there, but nothing as consistent where I've got multiple clients on a month to month basis that I've got to produce work for while I'm traveling. So it definitely changes, I think the style of travel that I've had, because I used to be like a carefree backpacker and I was just on saved money. And I'd wake up every day, like, what do we want to do now? Right, right, right. And, And now it's, I have to be a bit more responsible, but I think that just comes with you wanting to make this a lifestyle and not just a short-term thing, it's going to have to look like that because unfortunately it can't always just be carefree backpacking right. all day long. And I want this to be a lifestyle. So I'm excited to make it look like a lifestyle moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like what you said at the beginning of your like introduction, how you'd never solo travel before. And then you were like, well, India seems like a great place to go. And which is kind of crazy because for everybody that's a solo female traveler, like India is very like culturally different. And there is, from what I've heard, I've never been, but it's like very big culture shock, very different than anything that Mm -hmm. we're used to. And honestly, props to you for, for going and enjoying it and probably having an amazing time. But that's exactly how you should do it. You know what I mean? Everyone has their own their own ways and their own things of deciding when to go and where to go. But just the fact that you were like, this is the opportunity in front of me. Like nothing is really holding me back. This is what I want to do. Try it out. Worst case scenario, you would go back home. Honestly. Yeah. That's, that's what it looked like for me. And I think it was so driven. Like I said, there was just that drive to go, but also I was so wrapped up, wrapped up in that, that like the naive, I was just completely not. And now I look back, I'm like, Donnie, you were super, super ballsy to be like 23 and just send it. But I'm so glad that I did. Now, honestly, I look back, I'm like, I don't know if I would have done that because I had just literally rearranged my whole life and went to India. And I remember, and not to say, I think this is really important to mention, like I got there to the ashram and that next day, that night and next day, like I spent bawling. I was just a mess. I was in tears. I was like, what have I just done? Yeah. What what did I do? Yeah. Where <laughs> um, am I? Yeah, literally, where am I? What did I do? How did I get here? All the questions. 
And I think I it was just me processing like everything that had just happened. Yeah. And needing to move through it. Of course, there's no way that all of that could happen. And I wasn't going to just not feel any of it. So I was really worried. I was like, maybe I'm not meant to be doing this. Like I thought because I was crying and feeling those emotions that this wasn't right for me or like I wasn't supposed to be doing this or I, maybe I'm not the person that I thought I was to be doing this. But it was really just ne- me needing to process that, process through all those emotions and feelings and letting go of that past version and, and stepping into this new version who's doing this thing now. Right. And so there are like, not to just say, that's that's why I wanted to mention that because not to just say, oh, I just took off and everything was fine and I was it was a beautiful experience and it was lovely. Girl, no, that is not what happened. And there's a lot of, there was a lot of emotion and trial and error and things going wrong and me learning wrapped up in it. But I still wouldn't trade it for anything because it started where I am now. I definitely wouldn't be where I am now if I had. Yeah. Which is important to also touch on and talk about in general is your first solo trip or your 10th solo trip. The emotions are going to be there. The craziness is going to be there. The chaos is going to be there. And that's not, I'm not saying that to scare anybody that's listening that wants to solo travel. It's Mm -hmm. just to make you aware of the reality of it. And we were talking about this again before about how like social media is a very filtered, but also B with the creators, including myself. Like I'm not very good at posting the good and the bad of solo traveling. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's something that we all as creators have to work on is touching on like the realities of travel and the fact that it's not all beaches and hiking and making new friends and so much fun 24 seven. Don't get me wrong. Every time I've solo traveled has been the most amazing experience, but it's because I've felt every emotion that I wouldn't have felt like anywhere else or doing anything else. Like living at home I don't necessarily feel the same sense of like loneliness and how to overcome that when I'm living at home. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Or like being in a relationship or having all of your friends around. You might have some feelings of being alone, but you when you're solo traveling, you are like there is no one to really call. There is nobody to like figure shit out for you. You're Mm -hmm. stuck in the middle of a market. You have to get your way back to your hostel. You're the one that has to connect to these locals to figure that out as an example. So I think that that's important to touch on of like whenever you're solo traveling, whether it's your first trip or your millionth trip, like so many emotions, so many different like feelings are going to be involved. But I think that's honestly like one of the best parts about it is the most cliche thing that we all say as solo travelers and people who are just traveling the world in general is you are learning about yourself in a way that you never will. And doing anything else, you're learning about yourself more than any other way. I think it's one of the hardest ways for you to learn mm-hmm. about yourself. If we mm-hmm. if we were going to choose one thing to be obsessed with, this is right. like, why, the, is it this? <laughs> yeah. why, why is it this of all things? You know what I mean? Yeah. I could have been really into like gardening right. and that would have been <laughs> super cool. But like yeah. this, I don't know why it's this thing. Right. And I, I, I like what you mentioned about just social media, because one of the things I was doing an interview yesterday and they asked me like, how do you choose to show up? What is your point with that? Mm. And I think one of the things I mentioned was just like radical honesty, where if it's TikTok or Instagram, and like a lot of my content is repurposed from TikTok to Instagram, where I really try to be honest about my experiences and how I'm feeling. And so I've mentioned like dangerous experiences I've been in. I've mentioned like the tough emotions of leaving, constantly having to leave family and seeing them get older every time you come back when you're long-term traveling. I've mentioned recently I posted about the anxiety that's happening. I leave to Mexico in five days. I woke up so anxious this morning. And it's just because there's still things that I need to do. And I'm like, wow, I'm uprooting my life again. Like that constant cycle of doing that. And I posted that and I was like, it doesn't matter how many times you've solo traveled, you are going to feel all the feelings every time. It may not be as terrifying as that first time because that first time I was legitimately scared. Like I, that was full fear. Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) Because it was a lot happening. I never done it before, but now I've done it so many times. I've uprooted my life and I've moved and traveled like four times at this point on separate occasions that I have the proof. The proof is in the pudding. I've done this before. And I have the confidence to be like, look back and be like, oh, you've done it before. It's been amazing. You've done great. You've been fine. You can do it again. Yeah. And I think it's that, that reminder that you have. And so I was posting about that. Like, it doesn't matter how many times you've solo traveled. There's always going to be sadness with having to say goodbye. There's always going to be anxiety that comes with wrapping up your life again. But, but the key thing is like, you learn how to move through it. 
Yeah. And so many people commented and were like, I relate. I'm feeling that now going here and I totally relate to this, totally relate to this. And it makes you feel less alone. And I think that's one of the benefits of being so radically honest is maybe this isn't posted about all the time, but when it is, people are like, oh yeah, I feel that. And so you're not alone in that feeling either of the fear and all the feelings that are happening while you're traveling or before you're traveling, because a lot of other people feel those same things. Yeah. It's just being open enough for them to find you and relate to you in that way. Yeah. And that's the importance of learning how to get out of your comfort zone and what to expect. Because if you, if everyone's talking about all of the amazing and the great stuff that's happening, that's when you feel most alone because you're like, well, why do I feel like this? You know what I mean? Well, yes. why is my heart racing when I'm going to the airport, but no one else is? They're taking TikTok videos or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And I think that it's just really important to A, talk about it, but B, do it with purpose of so many other people can relate to this. And I know that for a fact. So that's why I'm talking about it. Give people that space to be able to be like, this is exactly how I feel too. Thank you so much for sharing that. Absolutely. The other thing that I think is a great reminder that you had said is the only reason why you're not as scared and you're more so excited for like your upcoming trip to Mexico, for example, is because you've done it before. You had to start somewhere. and both of us and every single solo traveler that you'll ever talk to has had their first solo trip. Mm -hmm. Like we have all had our first trip. And that's exactly why now we can talk about things so casually in terms of where we're going and how long we're going to be there. And all of the stuff that goes on is because we've done it before. And that's something that like everybody needs to remember is that like, you're never going to not feel that fear until you've at least done it once. And then yeah. you can either love it or hate it. If you hate it, go back to what you were doing before or find something new or find a new passion yeah. and try something new. But like you could, and most likely I might be a little biased saying this, but you will love it. Yeah. Traveling the world is something that you cannot replicate it. There's only one world to travel. Like this is something that is like very important and very, there's a lot of things that go into traveling. And yeah. once you do it once, it will completely change your perspective and it will make you feel less scared and more a combination of fear and excitement and nervousness and sadness and everything else. Whereas the first time, like you said, you were just straight up scared. You were like, holy shit, am I, (laughs) what's going to happen? Am I going to get kidnapped? Like genuinely thought, genuine thought, as females too, it's, that's all we can think about. Everyone's, have you seen the movie Taken? I'm like, I don't want to see the movie Taken. Like I... That like so much stuff goes through our heads as females, as solo travelers, that like you have to do it once and meet people who have done it multiple times in order to at least get over that. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that your first time, because I've met people like one friend that I have, she's my first solo trip was terrible, but right. I decided to do it again. And to yeah. and I'm so grateful that I did because now she's traveled all these places by herself and needed that first experience to work through. And it's, so it's not going to be perfect and rainbows and butterflies right. every time. But I think like, even with that, you realize how worth it it is. Like even yeah. with all those challenges, because you're probably hearing like us talking about, she was crying in India. Why am I, why am I going to go take a solo trip? Right. No. Okay. I, I totally Here she is that. four years later doing it still. <laughs> like literally, but I was, that's what has happened. And that wasn't the only time that we've cried yeah. while traveling. I was also crying in Croatia. I also cried in a different part of India. Yeah. We cry all the time. <laughs> We got to, shit's hard, but it doesn't outweigh the good parts of it. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what matters. And I think that's going to happen with anything in life. Like relationships are hard, like building a business career, whatever, all of it's hard, but does the good outweigh the bad for you? And as long as it does, then you can keep doing that thing. Yeah. And you know what? Hey, maybe it's not for you. Maybe you're like, okay, I did it. Don't want to do it. Go ahead. Garden or whatever it is. Yeah. (laughs) Paint do something else. Yeah. And, but just to be able to say, I tried it. And I think that in itself builds a level of confidence within yourself to be like, I, I did that, you know, and I'm really proud of myself for trying that thing. And that's all that matters at the end of the day, just try. And it doesn't have to be, I think it's really important to mention. I went to India. You do not have to go to India. Right. You can go to a city next to yours or a few hours away or something like that. And it doesn't have to be huge and grandiose, but even to go to a new city for a weekend trip by yourself, that is a solo trip. 
It doesn't have to be long-term three, four, five, six months or more. It doesn't have to be across the globe. It doesn't have to be any of that. You deciding to go somewhere new that you haven't been by yourself for a few days at a time still totally counts. And that's something to be proud of yourself for just as much as getting on a plane and going halfway across the world because it's still valid. It's the start, which is exactly what the whole point of this question and this conversation is. It's like you have to start somewhere, whether that's I know a lot of people who and even when I first started, I never stayed in a hotel room by myself. I didn't know what it was like to check in on my own and have to like wait for my luggage or do this or or be in an airport by myself or be on these long road trips and things like that on my own. Mm-hmm. I never I never had to do that. So even if you are just going an hour outside of your hometown just to experience the hotel or the hostel experience or the stay experience on your own, like that's a step in the right direction where when you do get on that plane, when you do travel across the world, whatever it is, you'll be way more comfortable because you've done yeah. it before and you are so close to home. Yeah. Or eating yeah. alone? Oh, Girl. right. Wait. Can we talk about that for a second? Right. Let, let's like, let's bring this up. That in itself. And I think that's such a, a big and it seems very like insignificant. But yeah. for a lot of people, that's a huge part of their struggle when it comes to solo oh, yeah. traveling is I have to go into a restaurant and sit down alone. Restaurants are spaces where you go with other people yep. and you see couples and groups and da, da, da. So it can feel really awkward and intimidating. I remember that feeling in the beginning. And now it's one of my favorite things to do because there's, and it takes time to develop that. And even if you're going an hour away from home and like you're checking into a hotel and not everything. And just if the one thing that you did that was scary was sitting at a restaurant by yourself and eating alone, that is a huge accomplishment. Yeah. Because like most people you talk to have never done that by themselves in their life. They're like, why am I going to go eat alone? No, because... And so that is overcoming like what people are thinking about you. Oh, they're looking at me. That's learning how to feel comfortable and confident on your own. And there's so yeah. much to learn just in some point, something as simple as that. And the reason I love it now, and like I'll be wandering around a new city by myself and looking for a restaurant that I want to sit on. And if it's nice out, I'll sit outside and I'll, if it makes you feel better, if have a book with you, that's what yeah. I always do. You yeah. bring a book or you bring a journal. I try to stay off my phone, even though of course, for the content, take a little video. Yeah. Yeah. Right. My pasta, (laughs) drinking my wine. But besides that, like I would, I love to just sit there with my journal and spend that time reflecting, pick something off the menu. A lot of times I'll splurge and do just get a little something extra for myself and really relish in that time, enjoying a delicious meal. Yeah. And make it an experience for yourself too. You know, character energy, right? main character (laughs) energy, and also change the way that you think about how people are thinking about you. Because when I first started, I was like, they're going to think I'm a loser. Like, it's like high school where you're like, if you sit alone at the cafeteria, you're like lame or whatever. Whereas in adult life, people are like, I can't believe she's sitting by herself. I wish I could go out and do that. She's so brave to be doing that. Who is she? Yeah, exactly. Like all of these positive questions that people are, might be asking about you. But in, in full disclosure, Nobody freaking cares that you're sitting Honestly, alone at yeah. the restaurant. Like you might think, and this might be a way for you to actually get yourself there is if you think people are talking about you, just think that they're asking like positive energy questions. Yeah. But in reality, nobody fucking cares. Nobody saw you yeah. walk in by yourself. Nobody sees you eating by yourself. Nobody sees you reading. Nobody sees you on your phone. Like mm-hmm. they might think that you're waiting for someone. Like, yeah. I mean, in and all- if they do, it's like a glance. It's oh. Okay, what am I going to order? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that's in, in every aspect. Like this this whole like solo travel conversation can be applied to every aspect. Going to the gym, everyone's so caught up in what people are thinking of you, including myself, always of like self-consciousness and all of that stuff. Everyone's looking at themselves in the mirror when you go out to eat, when you're solo traveling, when you're on a plane by yourself, like yeah. all of those different things. Nobody cares about you doing something by yourself as much as you do. And so I love the fact that going out to eat is honestly one of the first steps of solo traveling in general, because Mm -hmm. you're most likely going to do that at some point. Not everybody's going to be available or whatever it is. And also another tip is just sit at the bar. You know what I mean? If there's a bar, you don't have to sit at a table by yourself. Just sit at the bar. I've my some of my friends are bartenders that I've met from sitting Mm -hmm. alone at a bar, just sparking up conversation. So it's like when you're doing things that are out of your comfort zone, including eating by yourself, which is like a major fear of Mm -hmm. a lot of people. 
that is a step in the right direction. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it can, it sounds so small, but it will make such a difference. And I promise yeah. you, and you might not love it the first time, but you're like, okay, this feels weird, but it's something you keep trying and eventually right. get comfortable. And then that leads to you feeling comfortable in other spaces alone too. Yeah. So if it starts gradually with that, you're like, oh, I can go to the movies by myself. I can go to this concert, this show by myself. And then before you know it, you feel comfortable in all of these spaces alone yeah. that you never would have thought you felt comfortable in. Yeah, exactly. And I also like to think about it in a way of if it's something that you want to do, if it's this amazing restaurant that you've always wanted to eat at, but no one wants to go with you, go by yourself. If someone's in concert, if someone's coming for a concert and you've always wanted to see this artist or none of your friends are a fan of this artist. That's happened to me before. I listen to the weirdest music and none of my friends are a fan of my music. And these people will come at like very hippie R&B, like very low-key artists. They'll come to concerts and to perform and things like that. And I'll go by myself because it's like, I enjoy yeah. their music. I want to go, you know? Yeah. And solo travel has helped me do that, has helped me realize it all goes back to what exactly what you said at the beginning. You wanted to, you wanted to backpack. You wanted to travel in general, and you were like, all right, no one can come with me. So I'm going to do it by myself because this is what I want to do. Yeah. And it's like everything like follows suit with that. So these yeah. concerts or if you wanted to go watch a game or see a performance or go to a restaurant or stay at a nice hotel, like things like that. It's like you learn very quickly that it's your life. It's the experiences that you're creating for yourself. And if that means doing it by yourself then overcoming the fear is absolutely worth it because you do get to have those experiences at the end of the day. Yeah. And you it's know? it's too, I think if you going touching on that waiting aspect, if parties, oh, I'll feel more comfortable, da, 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 da. How long do you think you're going to have to wait for another person right. to be able to? And if you're going to take a long-term trip, if we're talking about that, most people in your life aren't capable of doing that. They can't right. take time off work or they just don't want to go for that long or whatever right. the case may be. And there's never going to be that person unless you're super lucky and your partner's let's do it or yeah. you have a best friend who's let's do it. Nine times out of 10, there's not going to be anyone to do that with you. And yeah. so for my example specifically, like if I had never decided to just go anyway, we'd probably be four years later and I probably would have never done it yeah. because I know no one in my life was going to be like, yeah, let's just pick up for three months and go backpack Southeast Asia. Yeah. And so it has to be like the draw the desire for you to do it has to be enough that you're willing to do it by yourself. And then you'll realize that, well, honestly, it's better because I prefer yeah. solo travel. Yeah. <laughs> like now I'm like, mm, people are like, oh, we should do it. I'm like, okay, but mm, maybe possibly. Yeah. <laughs> and for like short periods of time, yeah, let's do a week together. Let's do two weeks. But I think right. after, and I have traveled with one person that I met in Thailand, we traveled Vietnam together for a month and it has its issues. And I think right. I'm, I'm also a tourist, very stubborn. And I love my ability to like, wake up that day. And yes, maybe I have some work to do, but it's like on my own schedule and on my own time. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's like I met people. I, I met these people yesterday that I want to go hang out with. And like, maybe the person that I'm with wants to go do something else. Like they really want to go see that museum. And I want to go hang out with these people and we can do different things. Fine. Right. But I also just don't want to have to have that conversation all the time of I want to do, gonna this, do, why? do Right. Exactly. There's a compromise that comes with it. There's also like budget differences. Maybe you make more money than I do and you're willing to spend more on this trip than right. I am. There's all these different layers and aspects to it. And not everyone that you would travel with, even if you're a best friend back home, is going to make a great travel partner. That is tea. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just so you know, not everyone's going to make a, tra a great travel companion. And so when you are alone, you figure out your own travel style. Like, yeah. how do I like to travel? How do I like to move within the world? What do I prefer doing when I get to a new city? Every time I get to a new city, I can walk for hours endlessly and just right. look around, find little cafes and things that I might like to go to later on, or like I'll write them down. And maybe someone's like, I don't want to walk for hours. Right. Then we're not meant to travel together. Right. And <laughs> <laughs> this is the end here. <laughs> and this is not. And that, And I love, of course, meeting up with people. I've done like a few days with people that I've met on my travels. Like we met at a hostel vibe did a few days together. It was amazing. But there's you also you always end up back with yourself. And that's that's the space that I love. Exploring yeah. a foreign country alone, there's nothing like it. There's yeah. Literally nothing no. like it. No, you have to experience that for yourself and then you'll realize this is incredible. Even the the conversation that Samantha Brown had, the speaker at mm. Women Travel Fest, which is how me and Diani met, by the way, right? We were both crying. Tears. But she said, when in doubt, go for a walk. If you have no plans, if you have no friends, if you haven't met anybody yet or whatever it is, 
go for a walk. Don't put your phone on. Don't put anything in the maps. Like just go walk into somewhere that who knows if they speak any English. You know what I mean? It's who knows what you're going to walk into, but go for a walk and experience these different things on your own and all of that stuff. And that is something that like can't be replicated. It's something that like will always be there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's just something that like now I'm going to be incorporating that into how I travel of don't freak out if I don't have a plan, just go for a freaking walk and like, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) Take a 30 minute walk and see how you feel after. Right. Because you might see, you're going to see something you didn't, you, that you weren't planning to see that wasn't on your list, wasn't on your itinerary. Maybe you found all these other things, but like around that corner that you went down, there was a little thrift shop that you found and you loved. And I love playing this game when I'm, when I'm with someone and we're in a new city and like, we've just met and they're like, where should we go? What do you want to do? I love being like, if we're looking for food, let's just walk and find something and see what we find. But also we'll walk. And then when we get to a crossroads, I'd be like, okay, one of us decides left or right or straight. And then that person picks and then we get to the next crossroads and the other person picks and you just kind of like end up somewhere. Sometimes it's awesome. Sometimes you're like, wow, like, I didn't know this was here. And then sometimes you're like, we're at a dead end. But but it's still just a fun way of allowing yourself to like freely explore the city. Uh, And it always, it always ends up, always ends up beautifully. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, what would you say have been the biggest benefits that you found from solo traveling in general? I mean, I know we touched on little things in terms of the aspect of actually being okay with being by yourself. Yeah. But after now solo traveling for around four years, how would you say it's impacted your life? I think it's like partially, not in, I don't want to say a negative way, but I think it's like I couldn't, I would have to, we'd have to be, because eventually I do want to be able to find a partner. And that's a whole nother conversation of the way that I travel and the way I live my life. Travel is the love of my life. And I know that Mm -hmm. sounds super cliche and I want to puke saying it myself, but like fully, that's what it is because I've chosen it over relationships and I've chosen it over people and I've chosen it over staying when I could have had something. And so partially, I feel like it's messed me up in that way where you have to be better than my solo travel in order for me to be willing to compromise on this. Yeah. And I guess it's made me more picky in like what I what I look for and want in a partner. Like we have to be able to do this together. We are our styles of travel have to match. And so my expectations have risen in terms of relationships for what I'm looking for, because if I enjoy my own company this much and I'm happy traveling alone this much, then you have to be better than that for me to be willing to, to compromise in some way on my solo travels for us to do this together. So I think in terms of relationship, and that comes with a lot of complications, but I think in terms of relationships, that has been a big way that solo travel has impacted me. And I know we touched on learning to become alone, but learning to be able to spend time alone, but more than that, I think it just shows you what you're capable of. And that's what it's done for me, but not just in the travel space because I've proven to myself over and over again that I can do that thing. That seemed really scary. Like I moved to a whole new country. I'd never been to Europe and I moved to Spain. I'd never been to India and I solo traveled there. I had never taught English in a school and I did that in Spain. And like all these layers of things that I didn't know that I could do, that I showed myself I could do through doing it has made me that much more of a confident person moving forward. And whether that's like starting a new business or just like feeling more confident in myself and who I am as a person and knowing who I am more, it's just made me more confident. And I guess in turn, more picky when it comes to relationships, like long-term, long-term things. And, and there's just so many, there's so many levels of it and other things, but I I think we touched on a bit of it, but I think those are the two main things that, that stick out to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's also something that is relatable for a lot of people, both like the benefit and the hardship, you could say, of what solo travel has done. It's, it's made you more confident and it's risen your expectations. And I'm like, my expectations were high before and now <laughs> they are just to the roof. Yeah. But that's something that is that is your non-negotiable. Like everybody has, I'm not saying a list or a checkbox or this or that, but I it's mean, like, but... it's on there. Yeah, <laughs> but we do. <laughs> And that's just something that you're like, I'm not going to give that up for somebody that's not supportive of it. You know what I mean? And it sucks. And a lot of people are in this place of either like being in a relationship and feeling that pull to travel, but not really knowing how to get out of it or if they Mm -hmm. should get out of it or if they should wait Mm -hmm. 
or what they should do. But that's exactly when the priorities come in of being straight up with every single person, even whether they're a potential partner or not. It's like everybody that comes into your life. Oh, like before I even say what I do for a living, I'm like, oh, I'm traveling or I'm I'm here on whatever I do this. I do that. I always bring up the fact that like, I'm not going to be around for that Mm -hmm. long. You know what I mean? I'm going to be hopping to different places. And who knows if that's like the rest of my life type of thing or if that's just now. But in the meantime, when you're meeting people and all of that stuff, I think that one of the most important things is to like, A, prioritize the fact that you're traveling and B, make that clear right at the the beginning. And then that's how you end up narrowing things down or meeting somebody that does actually align with you because you never know when you do say that your mm-hmm. partner or your person or whoever you meet, whoever you potentially are building a relationship with could be like, oh my God, wait, I'm kind of doing the same thing. Or I've yeah. wanted to do the same thing. I just didn't have anyone to go with or whatever. And now that's an immediate connection. So yeah, right now things are tough and it's something that like all of us as solo travelers are prioritizing, mm-hmm. but it can also work for you. Yeah, there's a lot of nuance to it. I think the way that I've traveled so far, because I'm moving through places quite quickly, you're always looking at an end date with things. There's no, oh, what could this possibly turn into? It's either it's going to turn into something or it's not because I'm leaving at this time. And maybe you live in this place and like you don't want to do long distance. And And I have realized that the way that I've traveled so far has always lended better to like short term flings, which after a while you're like, okay. Where is my partner? Where is my partner? (laughs) And so I think it's just like that intentionality and that like willing, that decision to not compromise on that. And I think, I don't think I could see myself with someone who isn't a traveler, who doesn't, because there's so many levels of your life that they're not going to understand. Yeah. There's so many levels. And I recently was dating someone, like seeing someone and she also just got back from doing a year in Central and South America. And so there were like aspects of, our relationship that we could talk about and that she got it. Yeah. Like we could, I could have the conversation I'm having with you with her and she understood. And you can't do that with everyone. And I think yeah. we would, because this is my life, because this is, like I said, I'm in love with travel. It is the love of my life. It comes first. Then you, for you to not understand me in that way is, is such a big part of who I am that I don't think this is going to, it's not going to work. Yeah. So I'll meet people while I'm back in the States. And that's part of the reason I don't usually like dating when I'm here, but Sometimes I'll meet people and they're like, oh, we can make this work long term or back and forth. You can come visit me. I'll come visit you. And I'm just like, yeah, that's, but mm, no. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, You're not going to know where I am. To like come cute, visit me. but yeah. no, because there's also just a level of like spontaneity with how I move. So maybe yeah. I'm like, I don't want to come back in two months. I, and I know it can all sound very selfish of, okay, well then maybe you're not willing to compromise for a partner. And maybe that, maybe that's what it is right now. Like maybe right. I'm not in a place where I can, or I feel willing to, but there's just so many other layers to maintaining a relationship that don't come with, that don't come with being in one place, you know, yeah. that don't come, you don't, these aren't things that you even have to consider or think about, but they're my biggest struggles when it comes to relationship. Yeah. And it's just one of those other things that you have to consider when you're deciding to do this. It does happen. I've seen the fairy tales. I know the people right. who've been in a hostel, fell in love, and now they travel together and they live in their van or whatever the case may right, be. Right, right. And they're happy. And I'm like, universe, that'll find me when it's yeah. meant to. Yeah. Like, it'll happen. But you also, that's part of being okay with being alone. It's also not being in relationships, knowing how yeah. to be okay when you're solo traveling. Also knowing that you don't need to depend on another person and that it's okay to meet people and let things ebb and flow, but know that it doesn't have to be long-term. And that's a whole nother layer of things that you learn in this space when you're solo traveling while single. But there's also, I think for people who are like, oh, but I have a partner and I don't want to leave them behind. I know so many people who do have partners and still solo travel. And I don't think that means that you can't. Maybe this is yeah. just your thing that you do by yourself that you love to do. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that they need to come with you. Or maybe you guys travel together sometimes, or maybe they can't. But there are ways to make it work that aren't black and white. And you can make it look like whatever it needs to look like for you. Maybe yeah. these are my non-negotiables, but maybe, okay, I also solo travel, but that's not a non-negotiable for me that the other person is a traveler. Right. That's okay. Right. And right. It, it doesn't have to look the way that it looks for me. It can look yeah. like whatever you want it to. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was going, what I was saying earlier on is like bringing that up 
first. You know what I mean? Because what, for example, like with me and my partner, we talked about that before we were even thinking about dating. Like we were friends for a year, a year before any sort of like intimacy or any sort of talk about us, like getting into a relationship. And I was traveling often while we were friends. And so it was just one of those things that like he knew before we got into anything, she's a traveler. Like she's, she's somebody who loves to travel. And that's something that a lot of people are attracted to. You know what I mean? Of I was pursuing something that I loved. And that's also something that like, you can't really find very often of somebody truly, truly following their passion. And everybody that is traveling the way that we are is prioritizing travel and, and putting our passion above everything else. And to a lot of people that it's very, very attractive. And that's something that like you cannot find in other, in in, in any other form. And so with us, it is really, really hard. Like it is not something that can be sugarcoated being in a relationship while wanting to travel is probably one of the hardest things that like we have to deal with. Not only it's like, all right, we got comfortable with being by ourselves and that's great. Yeah. But now we have to be comfortable with being by ourselves while there's someone back home or being by ourselves and balancing all of it and not being able to do the stuff that you were doing before when you were single while you're traveling and having a totally different lifestyle while you're in a relationship. And that's, again, this could go be a whole nother episode of just like traveling while in a relationship, (laughs) traveling single, like all of that could be a whole nother episode. But the point of all of this is just like, when you do prioritize travel, the people who are meant to be in your life will be in your life. And that's why at the beginning, when we were talking about our friendship and friendships that we've made while we've been traveling, I get it if I'm not going to hear from you for the next couple of weeks. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like, I'm not thinking, oh, is she not going to, is she not my friend anymore? Is she not like whatever, whatever it is, like all of these thoughts that you would have with friends, maybe from your hometown of you not hearing from them for weeks at a time. But when you meet people that are in the travel space, it's, I get it. I'll meet up with you in Mexico when I'm there. I'll be, I'll yeah. text you in two months and be like, Hey, I'm here. Are you there? And that's, you know what I mean? Like, Girl, let's get a drink. I'm here too. <laughs> and like, that's how, that's how relationships like platonic or romantic or whatever it might be. Like, that's how it works. And when you are in a relationship and you're traveling or when you're trying to figure out being in a relationship, yeah while traveling or you're not or whatever it is it's like when you do prioritize that the people that are meant to be in your life will be whether it's platonic or not like at the end of the day that's just that's just how it is a hundred percent yeah and I'm a low maintenance friend girl so I'm like (laughs) I'm still like trying to schedule calls every like once a month I'm like let me reach out like I'll just I'm thinking of you but I'm my brain myself is in eight different places. Right. That I'm like, we, I'm not a need to talk every day. Oh, right. I'm like we once a month and yeah, you're good. We'll I'm catch good. Up. Love yeah, you. Right. <laughs> right. See you in a month. <laughs> literally, literally. Yeah. But it doesn't mean those friendships are any less valuable. It's just, right. you still have that connection. It's just a different form of maintaining. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, my I have two que- two more questions for you. One is how has solo travel changed your perspective on not only like your life and yourself, but also on the world and how you travel from when you started to where where you are now? That is a good question. I think growing up in the US, a lot of times we can are very unaware of what goes on in a lot of other countries sometimes and around the world. And I think because we get our, we get our information from media and without having necessarily traveled to these places or knowing much about them, there's just a lot of fear that like can be lived in here in the U S I think, Oh, that place is dangerous or, Oh, this happened there. So it means it's dangerous when in reality, that country is huge and could have happened anywhere. And so what I have found that it's been reiterated over and over again to me is like the, the kindness that is out there, like the human kindness. And I have been shown kindness by strangers that don't speak the same language over and over again of being in Vietnam, walking down the street and a woman seeing me like look confused, like trying to find a bus and pulls me in and says, Hey, this probably isn't an area. I think she Google translated it. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is an area that you should be in and have your phone out. And do you need help? And like, how can I get you? And just strangers yeah. on the street. There were so many times too, like being invited to meals. Like I was in Thailand and we were driving, we were trying to find a restaurant 
we just come from these waterfalls and we were so hungry and we saw like these big group of people eating outside and everyone in Southeast Asia just eats outside on the sidewalk. So we're like, yeah. okay, this is probably a restaurant. No idea. So we pulled up and it was actually a big family party. And we were like, yeah. oh, just kidding. But Sorry. they like invited us in to come sit and eat. Yeah. And there was oh, that's amazing. Huge language barrier. Did not speak the same language, but they're like handing us. I'm a vegetarian, but I tried it anyway. It was like <laughs> chicken foot on a stick and they're yeah. like shoving food in our face and handing us beers and like wanting to interact and converse. And you just see such examples of human kindness and love. And just that there's so much good, there's so much more good than bad. And I think even when you do have bad or negative experiences, which I have had, but there's always like goodness that follows where people surround you in a way after that's happened with so much love and support that, you know, okay, that bad thing that happened, that's the exception, not the rule. And I think in the US, a lot of times we live from this place of no, like the bad thing, the dangerous thing is the rule. And if it's hap- if you've had good experiences, that's the exception. Mm-hmm. But I've learned it's reverse every time I've traveled. And we like label areas of the world or countries or people as dangerous. But India, people were so lovely. And not yeah. to say that we I'd ever thought they weren't, but so kind, so loving, so welcoming. And I've experienced that just time and time again. And it's proved to me how much love there is. And then in turn, I think that's wanted, that's, not want how am I I can't phrase this that's kind of made me want to show up in the world in that way too yeah and like I've received so much random acts of kindness and random acts of love and random acts of goodness that now there's no other way that I would want to show up in the world than to give that back to other people right and you've experienced that feeling before which is exactly why you want to make somebody else feel that way it is so amazing to make somebody else's day Like telling somebody you like their outfit, inviting somebody in, helping somebody if they're lost. Those are human connections that it doesn't necessarily matter where you're from, what you look like, what language you speak. Like that is the human language. And and I love that you said that because I think that that's a huge perspective change that a, a lot of people don't really get because, yeah, like you said, living in the U.S., it's very different than anywhere else. And you won't really get that until you go and you see this. And it's like, opposite culture shock where it's like wait nobody's on their phone while they're eating nobody ever people are talking to each other while they're at dinner this is weird and it's like it it just completely yeah yeah because it's a different it's a different culture like it's a completely different culture and that's why every time I come back to the U.S. I like resonate with this and because it doesn't encompass my values I think is what it is like the U.S. is very individualistic like I know people you don't even know who your neighbors are or you don't talk to them and I've also lived in parts of Spain where they're like having weekly meals with their neighbors and they're really close and they value community and they like emphasize spending Sundays with you know family and everything closes on Sundays and they value quality of life over certain things and so I've seen that displayed so beautifully so many times in other parts around the world that when I come back here and experience, and not to say there isn't kindness, there always is. Like I've been in coffee shops and met lovely people. And I think there is a hospitality maybe in certain parts of the US that I haven't traveled. There are kind people here, but I think the general culture is so individualistic and it's not that way in a lot of other places around yeah. the world. Yeah. And it feels really cool to be able to experience that that warmth and that openness that people have that we don't really get to have here. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that you said that because it is A, very true, and B, just something that is not something that you would expect because when you are solo traveling for the first time, second time, third time, you're always like thinking about everybody else and Mm -hmm. everybody else there. What are they going to think of me? What if they can't speak my language? All the what ifs, of course, we all have them. And that's something to keep in mind when you're thinking about solo traveling is like, all of the good stuff that happens, all of the amazing stuff, like all of the experience that you have, all of the like people that you're going to meet and the kindness that you're going to receive that you may not have received in other any other way. Yeah. So what advice, my final question that I ask all of my guests in specifically solo travel is what advice would you give to somebody in their 20s who is like so hesitant? They're like on the edge of like, all right, I want to go somewhere. I want to do something. They're feeling that pull that you felt four years ago when you wanted to go and travel, but like something is stopping them. What advice would you give them 
who, what advice would you give to someone who wants to try solo traveling, but they're just like a little bit hesitant to take that jump? I think it would go back to what we mentioned before of it doesn't have to be huge. And maybe if you go somewhere, like, cause I just got a message from someone yesterday and they're like, I'm traveling for these amount of days in Bali with another person, but then I have four days by myself. So maybe doing something like that, where like the initial part of the trip is with another person. And then you just extend your stay by a few days to give yourself that time alone. You, my thing would be make it look like whatever it is you need it to look like for you to feel some level of comfort in doing this. And I get that it's scary. I know we talked about some of the, like the scary parts and how it can be intimidating, but it can look like whatever you want it to. Yeah. So if it's like a weekend trip with your girls and you stay two extra days, then that's what works for you. And that's where you're going to start. And if it's, you're going with friends to Bali and you know, you want to stay four extra days, whatever the case may be, or like you take that weekend trip by yourself and you want to do that. Like whatever the case is, it's whatever you need it to look like for you, basically. And so there's no one size fits all when it comes to solo female travel. There's no one thing that's going to make me feel comfortable that's going to not work for you or vice versa. It's just figuring out how you want it to look, but just deciding to, and I know it's so just do it. Like how, right. This is not my people. I just, there's no other way to be like, sometimes you can talk through it and ask for advice over and over again, but then it gets to a point where it's like, I just have to decide for myself that I'm going to do that thing. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's one of those things because you can gather resources all day long and you can get other people's advice and experiences and hear their stories and they have X, Y, Z tips and whatever. But at the end of the day, you still have to decide to do it. Yeah. And that's not anything anyone can decide for you. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I really like that. It's scary, but it's worth it. Like if there's one, if solo travel had a Slogan. I feel like it would be that. It's like, it's scary, of course, but it's, it's worth it. Like almost every time it's always worth it. And even speaking to your friend who had a terrible time on her first trip, it's like, she did it again. And that's the like pull that travel has on everybody is I know there's more out there. Like I know there's not better out there, but just there's different things out there. And And the only person that's going to be able to find that and see that and experience it is yourself. So I like that. Is you. (laughs) I don't know why I'm saying that. I have a terrible singing voice, but just you, girl. You're the only one that can do it. Or guy. I don't know who listens, but I'm always just girl. Right. right. (laughs) Non-gender specific, but come on. (laughs) Sorry, but that's just how I talk. (laughs) Don't mind me. Well, thank you so much for being on. This is amazing. Always love our talks. Always love catching up. And I cannot wait for our episode. So guys, stay tuned. While She's Away podcast, we'll be doing another little episode over there. Yes, we will. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy. I love talking about this. So thanks for listening and come find me on While She's Away.